say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time you could say that I'm aging gratefully, mm, aging gratefully. Broadcasting from the rolling hills of the beautiful Tennessee Valley, from the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains, across this amazing nation and spanning the universe you are listening to, Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, bringing you exceptional guests and novel information to ensure you age great, live full, and embrace each extraordinary day for the incredible gift it is. Welcome everyone to the Aging Gratefully show. We broadcast every Friday on the CTR network at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Welcome most amazing aging rebels. So happy you're tuning into the show today. Welcome everyone to another power hour of Enlight You Meant. I hope wherever you are that you are smiling, healthy, happy. You deserve all of that and then some. Thank you for being here. It makes me smile. So please join me as we get this Grinfest smiling span demic, the only demic we appreciate, right? Going across the miles like we do so well. Today, I wanted to have a conversation with you about, mm, wait, about, mm, wait, what is it I wanted to share with you? Oh, oh my goodness. It literally, it slipped my mind. Just give me a minute. 
it was right on the edge of my tongue. Oh, don't you hate it when that happens? Let's see. I was saying I wanted to talk to you about oh, something important. Oh, well, it'll come back to me. Strange how that happens, right? Like, why did I walk into that room? I'm heading through the house. I know I'm not randomly wandering. And then here I am in the center of this room, standing there, knowing I'm there for a reason, and then drawing a total blank. What was I drawn here for? It's like literally being called by a force. Yeah, that force being your brain. But then you stand there long enough and then... Eureka, that's right. You remember, recall, recollect that you aren't wandering at all. You purposely came into the room to get your laundry. Whew, thank goodness. But what on earth is happening? Why these moments of what the heck or uh-oh, should we be concerned? And by the way, have any of you out there had issues with word recollection while we're at it, specifically word recollection at times, but then 10 minutes later, the word suddenly downloads. It's like readily available. Why did it fall into queue then, but not when you needed it on demand? What is happening there? Of course, we all have this little inclining in the back of our mind, this twinge of fear actually, we try not to acknowledge it. We immediately give it no voice or value, even some of us, but the minute it pops into our mind, we know what it is. Is this, no, this isn't. And then we shut it down as quick as it enters our psyche. No, we can't go there. Perhaps this is just normal nuances of aging. Yes, this is far better scenario than well, where the dark crevices of our thoughts may meander. So what is really happening? We want to know. Oh, wait, or do we want to know? Research indicates that, yes, forgetfulness can be a normal part of growing older, just as there are other normal changes in other parts of our changing bodies beyond the brain. But we've also been learning that our brain is like a muscle and we can build it up and strengthen it. And we have the capacity to produce new brain cells at any age. So it makes the case that we have some influence over our brain's health and well-being. We love the idea of this in that we as aging rebels certainly appreciate being stakeholders in our growing older journey in positive ways. So if we're doing these things and still experience forgetfulness, Need we be concerned? Many of us worry about dementia, Alzheimer's, and cognitive decline. Well, like most things, worrying about this, as I share often on this show, certainly isn't going to improve the situation. But being armed with information and understanding always proves enlightening and can enhance our experiences and knowledge. Which brings us to our aging gratefully alphabet soup for the psyche this week. Quote, Dementia doesn't rob someone of their dignity. It's our reaction to them that does. That's by Tipa Snow. I love that quote. And dignity is something so very important as we journey through life. Let's make that this week's Aging Gratefully show dedication so important and impacts all areas of humanity, care, and personhood. 
dignity is a noun, and it means a state or quality of being worthy of honor or respect. May we all aging rebels bring the essence of dignity into all that we do. How we change our bodies, our minds, doesn't make us any less human, but how we treat others certainly can. I think about the glorious cerebral photo album we all carry in our minds, our own library of cognitiveness, if you will, a mental Dewey Decimal System allowing us to maintain decades of life experiences and beautiful reflections under lock and key in the safe harbor of our mental collection of our brain. We can access them at our choosing, most of us, like a playback reel, almost like watching our own favorite movie again. No biometric login necessary. We're simply allowed access literally on demand by choosing to reminisce and poof. Like magic, we are teleported conceptually back in time like a genie in a bottle, mentally reflecting and contemplating previous moments in time. And yet for some, this is not possible to experience this on-demand thought teleportation. But much like all those reminiscent photo albums that house page after page of photographs, portraying memories lived, laughter, precious moments bound between the pages, people tethered through generations. Need I remind, just because you can't see that photo album, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I want to clarify or even pose the philosophical consideration, perhaps such as it is with memories. Just as dreams belong to the dreamer, just as that photo album well, maybe tucked away somewhere in the house, you know it is always very real and always there, even if you can't see it. The same applies in my opinion, though I am not, nor do I portray myself to be an expert on the matter. I simply believe in wholeness, personhood, and of course our word of the day, dignity. Maybe I just want to think about the idea that as the photo album is there perhaps tucked away, Symbolically, maybe our loved ones, challenged with cognitive decline, are simply enjoying and ruminating on a different page. And in the end, memories much like dreams never fade and still belong to their rightful owner. I find some beauty in that. I know it will be to the incredible delight to everyone listening that I have the author of that quote we shared earlier, a proprietor of dignity herself in the awe-inspiring work she does, Tipa Snow, with us today. Tipa Snow is one of the world's leading advocates and educators for anyone living with dementia or other forms of brain change. Tipa is an occupational therapist with over 40 years of rich and varied clinical and academic experience, her philosophy is reflective of her education, work experience, medical research, and firsthand caregiving experiences. Tipa's company, Positive Approach to Care, PAC, was founded in 2007 and is now collaborating to improve dementia care in over 30 countries worldwide. Her latest book, Understanding the Changing Brain, A Positive Approach to Dementia Care, has just released this month. I'm so excited about that. 
I invite you to visit her at www.tipasnow.com. It is with great pleasure. I'm so excited to welcome you, Tipa Snow, to the Aging Gratefully Show. So happy you're with us today. Welcome to the show. Wow. With that lead in, I'm not sure I'm the one you're talking. Is it me or someone else, Holly? (laughs) It's definitely you. Well, thanks. Wow, you do a phenomenal job of painting pictures with words. Wow. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. Wow. You're good at this. Yeah, that's really exciting. Oh, thank you. I really, I received that compliment um, with gratitude. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Well, the world's a fan of your work. Um, Incredible uh, what you do. And thank you for the abundance that you bring, particularly in this area. Uh, Just, it's incredible how you've changed the landscape of um, cognitive um, uh, understanding for people. Just so delighted to have you here today. Uh, Can you tell us about your background and how you even got started in this area? Oh, I'm I'm driven by curiosity. I, I think you're a curious person too. And when something surprises me, rather than being frightened by it, I'm I'm really curious about it. I was the kid uh, during the 1950s. I'm a kid of the 50s. My mom signed me up for experiments. You, you remember the psych experiments where you get the kids and you try stuff, Bendura and all that stuff. I had one where they had the glass floor in the open space underneath, and they were trying to discern, do girls or do boys? What happens with girls and boys? Is there a difference? And apparently the findings were that boys would be tempted to go on out onto that clear glass floor, even though it looked like there was no support, whereas girls are much more cautious and hang back and check it out. Guess what I did? What? I was out on that floor going. (laughs) I'm not surprised. And so I was like bouncing up and down on it, trying to figure out why you didn't go down, apparently. So, you know, they said, wow, that's a different kind of behavior. (laughs) So that sort of explains sort of like different to me is not as scary as as people might think. It's different. And so I'm really quite curious about different. And I, I like to explore it so that I can better understand it, because then it's not this black box that I don't understand. And that's the brain. And so for me, understanding how brains uh, change, how they adapt, uh, I've worked in head injury, I've worked in stroke, I've worked certainly with dementia, but I started off with developmental disabilities and working with kids who had been, and this is as a teenager, released from state hospitals when Back in the day when they said, you know, the reason children develop um, autism is because their mothers don't know how to be mothers. And that's why they get autism. And so it was called, I think we called it the Dibs era. And then they said, oh, well, actually, no, we think it's something else. So here, here, here's your child back. And it was what? (laughs) And so uh, I was around when kids got started sending back from state facilities, whether it was cerebral palsy or autism. And I was part of a a teenage program that bonded kids with younger kids who had issues um, and started a Saturday program for the kids and then an after school program and then a a summer camp program. And so I learned a lot about different brains during that time. And it made me forever curious, I think. Oh, wow. Well, it certainly set you on a course um, that is in such an important area. 
And uh, I mean, it puts you on the world stage for sure. Well, yeah. And then, of course, I'm not afraid to ask questions and and say, oh, so, you know, it looks like he's really coming in the room and is not figuring out what he came in for. I wonder if going through a doorway actually gets your brain to reset the camera. And so all of a sudden you're in a new space and your brain is going, huh, new space. Let me check it out. I've got to know what's in here. Oh, yeah, a lot of stuff in here. And then your brain has to go, huh, what did I come in here for? And it's a second thought. It's not now you're in the space. And now if you'd walk through the doorway going, I've got to get the laundry. I got to get the laundry. I got to get the laundry. Then guess what wouldn't have happened? What you got in the new room? That's what there's so much fear associated (laughs) with those moments of, oh, wait, why can't I remember that? Oh. Oh, wait, why did I forget that? Can you explain what's going on in that dynamic? Because I'm sure a lot of people share with you uh, what or, or pose the question, okay, Tipa, what do I need to be worried about? Yeah. So that idea of you have an idea in one location and you go to activate that. Well, actually, you, you mean ha- uh, location physically, physical location, like mm-hmm. you're in the living room and you go, oh, I need to go get the laundry out of the dining room where I laid, set the box down or set the basket down. Cause I was going, the phone rang and I had to da, 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 da. You know, it's often in the middle of something. So you didn't actually complete the task that you started. So there's actually a chain of events that led you to where you are. It's not just a moment in time. It's a process that happens over time. And we often, you know, deal with interruptions and what's more important right now. And now what was the thing I was working on before? And it's called this working memory that we have. And so I was in the living room and I had that memory thought of, oh, geez, I need to go get the thing of laundry. But on my way to the new place, I'm also thinking about other things that have to happen. And I go through this doorway and I'm now in the dining room. Now, I don't know about you, Holly, but many of us don't keep our laundry in the dining room, right? I mean, that, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm in the dining room and my brain suddenly does a, what did I come in here for? Because <laughs> you're thinking it's not lunchtime and you're sort of going through a laundry list of why could I be here? And you might even start looking around trying to figure out if I use visual data, if I put in new visual data, can my brain find the answer to the question, why am I here? And let's say you set the basket on a chair, which isn't readily visible. And so your brain is still going, God, I have no idea why I came in here. Because your hippocampus not only has memory in its its bank, that's one of the things it does, but it also does wayfinding. How do you go from place to place and then get to another place and then identify what that place is for and what you do there? And then how do you get to another place that you need? Like if I'm thirsty, I have places I go when I'm thirsty. So my brain has to keep memory of what's stored where. And when I want a certain drink, let's say I wanted coffee. Would I look in the refrigerator, do you think? No, unless you're getting, you know, the cold kind. Okay, so you suddenly observe me starting to look in the refrigerator, and then I turn to you and say, well, where did you put the coffee? What does your brain say then? What is your brain immediately saying? I'm starting to think that um, maybe you had it on the side table to the couch or 
you know, it's near the I mean, coffee maker. Yeah. Is there a little blip that goes, why is she asking about coffee while she's looking in the refrigerator? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because that's not real logical. And so what happened when I went in the dining room is my brain was just being logical. It said, well, what did I come in here for? And there's not a ready answer of for the laundry. And so I'm like, huh, why did I come in here? And it's not actually unusual to have to go back to the living room and get yourself back in the same space where you had that thought to go, oh my gosh, it was the laundry. How can I, ugh, why didn't I remember that? And it's because when you put puzzle pieces together, it's actually fairly complicated. <laughs> it's not it's not this one, one thing that you're doing in the world. Um, and you have to ignore a lot of data and take in certain data and then be able to hold on to it and find it later and access it. And it all needs to be done in a timely manner for it to be smooth. I feel like you're describing, if I were terming this, cognitive inundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you if you overload, which a lot of us are prone to overloading because we get busy and then we put a lot of things on our plate and then we try to balance the plate while we're walking with a cup of coffee and oh and yeah and I have to take that note and you have to put something down to pick something up and with and you said it well without the right exercise regime with the out the right practice what we start thinking is God I can't do this anymore versus what I need to do is rehearse and practice now, the average number of things uh, a human brain can hold on to in that working memory at a time with, with normal cognition is five to eight. More than that, you got to put them in categories and subcategorize so you can find them when you're looking for them. And as we age, we get a little slower. So it's like I can remember the five places I need to go on Saturday or I can remember all the stuff I needed to get at the grocery store. But then it's like, where were the other places I needed to go? It takes longer and it's more effortful and we start developing cheat sheets. And so what's happening when someone, this is a common thing that people share with me. So I'm assuming that perhaps with listeners as well, when people cannot produce that word, but yeah. then it pops up later. Yeah, that's what happens there. Now, that's another phenomenon where your primitive brain signals, you should know this. And there's this little message that you get sent. You should know this. Yes. And when you when your brain sends you that message, unfortunately, it also shoots a little cortisol out that, you know, that worry thing that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. You should know this, but ooh, you can't come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I love your laugh. It's and so it's like, funny too. Oh, no. Oh, no. My God, I can't think of this. Uh, it's happening. Oh, my God, it's happening. And what happened? And it's the first time you almost always have it is with somebody's name. Like you see the person, you know, the person is like, oh, my gosh. Um, oh God, what is her name? She's going to say something. What is her name? What is her name? And you drive yourself into not being able to find the name because that primitive brain goes, you're in trouble. Ha ha ha. And what it does is it turns off access to language because it's saying this is threatening. This is risky. Oh, my God, this could be dangerous, you know. And your brain goes, uh-oh, dangerous. Well, this is not a time for talking. This is a time for getting out of this situation. Or this is a time, listen, I don't have time. I mean, I'd love to, hey, how are you? Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. And when does it come? When I'm not feeling threatened or when I'm not feeling pushed because I just don't give myself permission to go, huh, 
I, oh God, where do I know her from? Hmm. Well, hey, it is so good to see you, but I might need a hint. I know I've met you before. I think it was at the grocery store. Is that right? And God, I cannot think. I think your name starts with an H. So but, funny. I mean, we aren't willing to do that. Oh, my heavens, no. It's like, well, hey, how are you? It's called covering because my brain is going, oh, dear Lord, I, I don't know, cover up until you get out of here. And then, of course, pop, there it is right there. That's not dementia. That's uh, fear. Um, and that's a very different phenomenon. Okay, so it's good to delineate. This is almost literally like cognitive geocaching. It is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the trickiest thing is when you see somebody out of context. And then it's like, ah, I feel like I Correct. know. Correct. You can't place them. If they're not in their nurse's uniform and then you see them at a grocery store, you are so, it's out of the element, You're right? You're cooked. <laughs> you are. Cooked. And it's like, I know I know you. And that's where, you know, I know I know you is absolutely accurate. You do, but your your visual recognition software is in the language center area. So you've got this visual recognition for human faces and name association, which is actually pretty complicated. And it's hardwired for 98% of us into our left temporal lobe. And all of a sudden, uh, I feel so stupid. Instead of going, wow, this is a complicated task. Um, so I think I recognize her. I think she's out of context. Remind and she recognizes you, you, so you're yeah. embarrassed. Exactly. And what we do is we allow our fear or embarrassment or emotion. And as soon as that emotion kicks up, it actually tones down your cognitive ab abilities and your language abilities. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're now operating with anxiety. So good to know this. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so you are literally a, um, I would say, a brain understanding guru. You're a rock star uh, as far as I've, I've seen some of your presentations, and uh, you're so fun. Really. I'm a translator. I mean, you do a lot of translation, and it's like, so instead of being scared, let's understand it to see mm -hmm. if we understand it, is it less scary? And then once it's less scary, can we start to learn to work with what we got? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you have a lot of fun in what you do and you can tell your passion radiates and shines through and you have too much fun uh, doing it, which uh, makes it fun for your audiences too. I love your company, PAC, um, Positive Approach to Care. And you have, um, I'd love to have you share, you have five core values there. And I love how value oriented you are. You really um, keep the human essence in everything that you do. Yeah, if we're going to support people, then it's really got to be about the relationship. Uh, we believe it's all about relationships that really promote, um, I mean, they're authentic. Because if it's not a real relationship, frankly, why bother? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have time for fake. I have mm -hmm. time for real curiosity. So when I ask a curious question, I'm really curious. I mean, I'm really interested. I see in your picture you have this beautiful necklace Tell me, it's silver. Tell me about that. Oh, for me? Yeah. It's actually part of my shirt. Is it really? I yes. would never have known. So it is not even silver. It's pattern, huh? 
It's actually uh, Jules on the shirt. <gasps> wow. <laughs> wow. That is, it's beautiful. Thank wow. you. So now, you know, it makes you look quite impressive. You're so kind. Thank you. Now, okay. So the second value, first is being authentic. The second is empowering. Do you feel a little more empowered? Because I'm truly curious. And I mean, the third is being curious. We want to be truly curious about things, not judgmental about things. I'm really curious. Um, so you're having trouble coming up with words. Tell me more about that. Wow, that's got to be hard to have been a lawyer and not find words. Yeah, I really can't imagine how hard it is, but it's got to be rough. Yeah, so are you feeling more okay with where you are or more something else? So that would be a convert means, so I'm actually demonstrating the values. We believe in living what we say and living the values. And so we teach skills and we help people develop skills so that you have these abilities. They're there. It's just sometimes it's really hard for people to appreciate how important it is to change our brains when somebody's brain is changing. So you're trying to draw those out of, of each individual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because this is not a solo condition. I mean, when someone's brain is changing, if we're not willing to step up and support in a relationship, there's going to be challenges. Well, it goes back to your quote. It sure does. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, like dementia doesn't rob someone of their dignity. It's our reaction to them that does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So standing there and say, Holly, you're here for your laundry, your laundry. How many times do I have to tell you? Wow. That was harsh. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I'm a failure. I can't find my laundry. I don't even remember so, that I had laundry. No. So, Holly, you're looking for something in the dining room. Hmm. So come with me and let's walk around. Now, when you were looking for it, was something you needed to do or was it something you just wanted to see? I have no idea. I can't remember. Boy, that's scary. Okay. So tell you what, could you do me a big favor? Yes. Will you come help me in the living room for a minute? And we'll get this dealt with after we get that dealt with. Could you come help me? Sure. I'd You're be happy best. to. Okay. You are absolutely the best. Now, let's be real. What did I just do that's going to be beneficial to your brain? Well, literally, you have just switched the narrative. And now we're no longer focusing on my failure to find the laundry, any inadequacies. Now I'm a hero because I'm helping you. And where did we go? We went somewhere else. Oh, so we aren't even going to have to be in that place that triggered that sense of inadequacy. Mm hmm and by giving you that role, I mean, and I I will be thinking of something you can literally help me with. And it may be as simple as, do you like the curtains open or closed? Because I'm never sure which this time of day is a better idea. What do you think? I actually like the curtains open because I like to, to feel the sunlight coming in. Ooh, that's a great reason. Tell you what, could you help me open them? If you go to the other end and move those curtains back, I'd really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Holly. Mm -hmm. That was great. Thank you so much. Okay. So then what did I do when I got you in the new place? Well, now I'm actively helping you and I'm a participant in something 
valuable. And you made the choice about what we were going to do with the drapes. I did. Oh, who has power? I have power. To make a... A good decision and help you uh, do something important. Yeah. And so this idea of how we choose to be with someone and how we choose to use our brains, which is healthy because it's like exercise, and how you then can use your brain. I mean, you're not not able, you're just not, you weren't able to do certain things. And it's like, well, it's not an all or none deal, guys. So important. Uh, I believe, and I get extremely passionate about this, Tipa. I know you um, live in this bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I believe that everyone has a voice. Oh. We're, we're, we're right here at this hub, um, you know, as you're sharing this narrative with listeners and taking me on this journey with you um, audibly right now. I believe that everyone has a voice, even if you can't speak, if you can't hear if you are blind i every person has their voice and should be heard and acknowledged and have the opportunity to voice it however they can and and that's where in dementia people talk about behaviors and what i talk about efforts to express need efforts to express distress efforts to communicate in whatever way i have left to me and often people are pushed to communicate in those ways because we are so blind and deaf and unable to pick up on the cues they're giving us and the data that they provide that we've missed our cue and therefore we view them as less when in fact we're the ones doing less and they're doing everything they can. And so appreciating that I may need breaks if I'm gonna do this, because this is hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just overwork your brain, you'll fatigue it. But exercising regularly before you need to do this stuff always makes it easier to do stuff when you need to if you're prepared for it. So incredible. And I love the way that you uh, put that. Um, on the other side of break, I was hoping that you could talk about uh, why you wrote this book mm-hmm. and uh, more about what we need to know about our changing brain and uh, what we need to know about what actually happens when someone is diagnosed with dementia. Could we talk about that on the other side of break? Absolutely. Anything you're interested in. Wonderful. I'm happy to. Thank you so much. Don't go anywhere because this fantastic conversation will continue. Today, we're so grateful to be with Tifa Snow. I know you're so excited out there talking all things, her company, um, Positive Approach to Care, and just so much more, her new book uh, that uh, is Understanding the Changing Brain, a Positive Approach to Dementia. And you can learn more about her. Purchase her book at uh, tipasnow.com. It's just released um, in September of 2021. And she's so incredible. By the way, I know you out there love our show's theme song. And for new listeners, that's Jim Beloff's Aging Gratefully. You can find it on iTunes or Amazon Music. In his album Dreams, I Left in Pockets. Every song on there is amazing. My favorite will always be Aging Gratefully, of course. But uh, you'll love all of them. Why don't you jump over there and give Jim some aging, gratefully love like we do so well. Special thanks to you out there, my awesome aging rebels tuning in from all over the world. Thank you so much. Um, Let's see. uh, We have uh, been recognized by uh, 
Beatspot and so many others as a top show of, on aging uh, from all over the world, um, across the globe. And thank you. Thank you so much for um, you being part of that journey for us uh, four years in a row now. Um, and um, just so appreciate you for sharing the show with your family and your friends and downloading the show and the positive reviews that you leave for us. Just cherish them. And have I told you in a week? I haven't. It's time. I must let you know that you rock and you roll model. And I'm truly grateful for each of you. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, and we'll be right back. I am one of the lucky 200 folks to have chatted with Holly, uh, an extraordinary conversationalist, a deep researcher. Uh, one that can really uh, bring themes of aging gratefully to you. I couldn't be more pleased, and I, I really appreciate the chance to uh, uh, be a small part of a, a large train moving toward having people age gratefully. Uh, the website is well past 40. That's spelled out F-O-R-T-Y dot com. And uh, uh, if you need more details on my enjoyable experiences, contact me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sunrises and sunsets. Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality is a delightful book for every adult of any age and any stage. This multi-award winning book written by gerontologist Holly Kelly is a soul-soothing journey and novel approach to completing your personal affairs and advanced care planning. Readers are calling it transformative, life-changing, and fun. Prepare lovingly, plan thoughtfully, live dynamically. Available on Amazon and most bookstores author autographed copies are available at sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com where you can subscribe, register for a workshop and more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Ginger Reagans, a gerontologist and certified aging and place specialist from Lawrenceville, Georgia, and I love listening to the Aging Gratefully show every Friday with gerontologist Holly Kelly. Thank you so much, best listeners in the world. I'm an expert on just a handful of things, and that happens to be one of them. It's so true. 
You guys are just so amazing. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, here today with our amazing guest, Tifa Snow, who promotes so much regarding understanding the changing brain and has so many tips for just remaining positive and healthy um, as possible. Uh, and throughout the journey uh, of what you may experience uh, regarding your loved one who may be going through uh, cognitive issues, so happy to have her with us today. Before we go back to the show, just like to remind you that we are everywhere you want us to be. Um, we're coming up on 250 episodes uh, here pretty soon. It's just been amazing. Uh, we are on your Apple devices, uh, your um, Samsung and um, Fire Smart TVs. Uh, we are just everywhere you want us to be. Thank you so much. We're on um, Audible and um, we are also on your Amazon Music. Just thank you so much for taking us in all the ways that you are. Our listener shout out this week is to the listener that left this review, well worth the listen. Holly somehow makes aging cool. Her guests really echo her enthusiasm and provide wonderful insight on a variety of topics well worth the listen. Thank you so much for leaving those reviews and thank you uh, for the listener that left that one. We really appreciate our awesome listeners. You know what else we appreciate? Today's guest, she's awesome. Please visit her at www.tipasnow.com where you can learn more about her amazing work in so many areas, including discovering early signs and symptoms to look for. And if you suspect one um, of your loved ones that might have dementia and the differences between Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, keeping the brain healthy and practices and tips to help those living with dementia. She's truly a sought after thought leader, expert and speaker extraordinaire on so many topics, but you're learning that today, aren't you? I know that you are. So, I just am interested in um, what made you, what what kind of inspired you towards writing this book? Mm. Well, one of the things we know is that people can only do better when they know better. And mm -hmm. it's remarkable how many of us have this amazing engine under the hood and we never lift it up. We just take it to the doctor and say, you know, I don't think this is working very well. It's sort of like going to the mechanic and say, I think I hear a funny noise. <laughs> right. Well, maybe if we knew how it was supposed to work, we might notice some of the signals that, boy, I think we have a problem with the fuel liner. You know, maybe I wonder what's going on here and be curious about it rather than simply be mystified by it. So, you know, I was I was surprised how little people know about their brains. And yet they really rely on them for just about everything. I mean, really, everything you do is brain oriented one way or the other. So. I thought, well, what if you understood how brains change when they develop dementia? Maybe that would allow you to be more successful at providing the care and support you want to provide. That's so important and um, so glad that you did because people are certainly searching for answers. And you've given us so many the first half of the show for explaining to us how the brain works and, and certainly in layman's terms too that we can understand. So what kinds of uh, changes do actually happen when someone is diagnosed with dementia? Yeah, so one of the things we, we want to appreciate, we know at least two parts of their brain are starting to have brain failure. So they're having brain failure in selected areas. And brain failure is not just chemical, it's starting to be structural. So we're having structural failures and chemical failures. And that means sometimes I can, 
and sometimes I can't. So one of the things you want to notice is my change in abilities is inconsistent. It's not always, but it's a little different than um, what's the name of the um, the place where we go to eat the um, where we get the spaghetti with the and they have the plants on the roof and they have um oh, it starts i think with a c wow. do, do you know what do you know what that one is are you don't, but it's so similar chain? to the other oh it's so similar yeah so i think it's is it cabaras or something else carabas oh, carabas you're absolutely right that that I just demonstrated was a perfectly normal aging human brain. So what I did is when I couldn't find the exact word, I described, you know, it's a place we go eat. It's um, It's got plants on the roof outside. It starts with a C. And then as I did that, I was able to access and find more detail. And then it was like, is it this or something else? And you at first were like, hmm. And then you went, oh, no, Carabas. When I well, I was thinking that that's so that's kind of similar to the previous. Like that seems okay-ish. Yeah, it is okay. And okay. so now let me give you an example where it's um, you know the place where we where we went to get the stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, what stuff? The the stuff you eat. Um, like what kind of food? Well, the food that we like, you know what I mean? The um, Where you're from, the place over in Europe. Um, so what are you already, Holly, what are, what, are, what are some moments of what? <laughs> but we're in the United States. Uh, uh, so, you know, and again, this isn't always, but it's when I'm really tired, the end of the day, when I'm emotional and so you're starting to notice i'm missing a lot of nouns i'm not it wasn't just the name of the place and my description is called circumlocution i'm i'm like going all around and it's like God, i think you're good at this i'm like your brain is going i don't even know where she's going what is she talking about and so when that's your reaction you got to go Ooh, this is a little more than just word finding this is like I'm not sure she it's can. It's a bring. Rubik's cube. I mean, yeah. And so your brain goes, whoa, what do you mean? And so without thinking, guess what your comeback will be? And you have to do the right tone of voice, Holly, and I'm not sure you'll get it. You want me to oh, give it to you? Yes, please. What are please. you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking oh, about? The, the place that yes. we go from Europe. Hey, mom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> or, you're right. You know, husband, you know, it's that. It's, well, it's. You're stupid. I mean, you're not making sense. And so that's that dignity thing I talk about. You're right. You know, and so, you know, she says, you know, uh, the place where we go from Europe, huh? The place from like Europe, so, like a, a country in Europe or something else. Okay. A country. Yeah, one of the countries in Europe. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, like a northern country or one in the south? Because what she told me when she gave me Europe is she has it on a map. <laughs> mm -hmm. But what she doesn't have is the restaurant that she's talking about. She doesn't have that, but she has, wow, boy, is she far over on that Your edge. tactic is almost like a continuing game of charades. Just keep it going with it. It is like a ticket, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I have to go where you are to find you, to bring you to where you want to be. Yep. I mean, if you could done it, I, I, 
you'd be good. I would, you, we'd work your way around and you go, oh, yes. wait a minute, it starts with a C. Mm-hmm. Now that's a skill that, you know, so what I'm starting to notice is just shut up. I'm not going to talk about it. Whoa, well, that was different. Now yes. that might be a different kind of dementia, but it could be impulse control problems. So I'm frustrated and I strike out verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that I can't, well, we didn't talk about going to eat. Yeah, we did. We just did that. Well, no, that I, that was last time, wasn't it? And it's like, ooh, she's not registering, holding on to data. So that that's more like a meteor. Or it could be, well, I told you yesterday that I wanted to go to that place. And you're thinking, you never said anything. My brain is actually making stuff up to fill in the blank spaces. So these are all signals that's like, whoa, what is going on here? <laughs> they should be anyway. I mean, it should be that, whoa, this is this is different for you. Mm-hmm. And what about repeating the same story in yeah. the same dinner conversation, something yeah. like that? In the same conversation in over a period of a conversation, even if it's a, a while, the difference would be. I would, I might say, did I, oh yeah, I told you earlier. Because as I say, did I tell you, my brain then finds the data. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. That was right. We did have that conversation. I couldn't remember whether I told you or your sister. This is like, well, I never said anything about that. I was just going to tell you that. And what it usually signals is, boy, do I want to talk to you, but boy, don't I remember what we've already said. Mm-hmm. And when you tell multiple people, mm-hmm. if you catch yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. just like, I think I already told you this, didn't I? And the you know, fear <laughs> surrounding this, the fear <laughs> factors, right? Oh my gosh, I don't want to be on that side of the line. I always want to be on this side of the line. I never oh want to goodness. go to that side. And it's like, it's just a line in the sand. Who put it there? And the older we get, we feel like we're walking the line. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And when I'm working with someone who's there and it's a family member and I really care and I'm exhausted, guess who starts to wonder if I have the issue as well? And Well, what I'll say is if you don't start taking care of yourself, your risk factors are up because you're living on the edge with cortisol and dancing with adrenaline and drinking the caffeine and trying to make it work when you can't. And I mean, that is what I'd call a time to go pause. Let's get some support in place here because this is a bad habit. (laughs) Yes, very much so. Do you watch the show This Is Us by chance? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, What do you think? How do you um, how do you feel that they've portrayed um, this issue on that show? I think they've done a pretty good job. I mean, one of the tricky parts is what kind of dementia are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. I mean, and this, um, you know, the idea, you know, like we just celebrated uh, recently, um, World Alzheimer's Day, and it's like, why do we keep calling this thing Alzheimer's when it's actually a bigger umbrella? Mm-hmm. And under that umbrella, we certainly have Alzheimer's type dementia, but we have variations in it. And then we have vascular and we have frontal temporal, and we have Lewy body and we have, you know, course, I mean, we've got so many different kinds. It's like, why do we keep using one word to describe what is a more complex condition? Why don't you educate us on this? Because it is a conundrum mm-hmm. uh, for most people that aren't firsthand and very much integrated into uh, the knowings of it. So can you first delineate Alzheimer's versus dementia? Yeah, so dementia is a great big umbrella term that actually covers the waterfront of conditions that involve brain failure, literal brain failure. Your brain is starting to fail you chemically and physically. It's progressive. Once it gets going, the cascade of events that gets it going, um, we do not have a way to shut it off, make it stop. 
have it turn around. That doesn't mean you can't grow new synapses. It means there are areas of the brain where your brain is failing in those areas. The other parts may still be working okay for a while until it progresses. And then uh, it's chronic. We haven't figured out a way to um, make it go away or make it controlled so it's stable. And finally, it is a condition that if it progresses to its end, um, it destroys so much of your brain, your brain can't run your body and your life and you pass, you die. But, you know, you live until you die. And so you live with dementia. And under that umbrella is uh, over 120 forms, causes and types are currently known to exist under this umbrella that we call dementia. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's unreal. Well, and so, you know, because it's complex, when people get diagnosed with dementia, they aren't actually diagnosed with dementia. They're identified as having a syndrome that we call dementia. But as a support person, boy, do I want to know a little bit more about what parts of their brain are working and what parts aren't, mm -hmm. what parts are front and center in which are struggling, and where are they along the continuum of abilities so I give them the right support at the right time. And I'm not asking them to do what they can't, but I'm absolutely encouraging them to do what's possible. Yes. Okay. And then um, how does Alzheimer's relate to dementia? Yeah. So Alzheimer's is a form of, and it's actually a family of dementias. It means you have beta amyloid plaque formations, evidence that you've had it, and you get tau pathologies, uh, neurofibrillary tangles. And so it's a particular form of dementia. It can be caused by a variety of things. Um, some of them are genetic coded pre-senile dementia, and, and some are like combo genes that if you get both of those, and some are kind of spontaneous mutations. So you get a mutation and it's spontaneous. It doesn't run in the family. Um, if you have Down syndrome, you're high risk for Alzheimer's. Um, if you have a late life onset of it, you might have a dementia called late related to Alzheimer's. But Alzheimer's in and of itself is now considered to be about yeah, maybe 50, 60% of all dementias are Alzheimer's related. And there are so many others that are another dementia entirely. And so practically speaking, are Alzheimer's and dementia typically considered genetic or? Only about 25% of, of, of Alzheimer's, which is a, that particular form, would be genetic. The rest is lifestyle and age. And uh, we don't know what else. Mm -hmm. And we're really still starting to understand it. We used to think it was caused by beta amyloid plaque. And now we're realizing probably not. Maybe some tau, but it may also just be glial cell activity, which is a cleaning cell that gets active and keeps your brain healthy and fit. And so we're, we're still exploring, even with the big one, Alzheimer's, we're still learning about what causes it to trigger and to get going. And, you know, you can have risk factors for sure, but not everybody with risk factors ends up with having the condition affecting their life in a significant way before they pass away or die. And with so much research and everything else, are we, do you feel that, you know, a cure mm. will 
What are your thoughts on that? I think if we keep waiting around for a cure, boy, are we missing a lot of opportunities to make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, my skill is not in bench research and looking for these pieces. My skill is in helping people who currently are living or developing or supporting in, well, I think there's a lot we can do there. While we're still looking around for the cure, I just think if we just focus on, let's not have this happen, I think we're going to be disappointed just like cancer because, boy, cancer has turned out to be so complicated. We were going to cure cancer back in the 60s and then mm-hmm. the 70s. And then, and there are certain cancers we've had made inroads in, and that's great. But there's a lot of other cancers where we're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so in the final moments of the show, I do want to make sure I get a couple uh, questions in before we could have three hours with you <laughs> and it still wouldn't be enough. If someone is diagnosed or a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's, your work is definitely about, you know, just making the journey as positive as possible and healthy as long as possible. What advice do you have for them? The first is, uh, number one, don't do don't try to do this alone. Um, Really, when you realize what you're dealing with is a constantly changing condition that is going to morph and I am who I was, but I'm different. You're going to want to develop some base of support that includes stuff for you, stuff for them, um, programming. Um, You're going to want to recognize what are your skills and where are you lacking some skills and do you want to develop those or do you want to bring somebody on board who has them? Um, because we need to view this as a team sport. And we, in my opinion, we do a whole lot better if we can say, wow, I think there have been some changes here. Let's see what we can do with what we have right now. Mm-hmm. And you uh, recently went viral on TikTok. Can you tell us briefly what that was about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we know that people's interest in things they get real interested but it's like short bursts and what we have is a whole younger for sure younger generation but we also have some people who are busy people that if we can capture their eye and get them to listen for a few seconds often it can get them to see things differently and perceive and get them curious and so TikTok is a great opportunity for curiosity is what we found out and when we show people like this or this which would you rather and it's like i'd rather that and it's like all right well then let's try this why don't we um and it gets people interested in looking beyond what is to what's possible awesome yes it was exposed to millions of people that you connected with right it's crazy i mean you're like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) so awesome um one question i want to ask is that um for individuals that have dementia or Alzheimer's, it's possible for them to stay at home versus a facility throughout the entire journey? Ooh, you gotta have a really great support system and you gotta really have um, funds. I mean, to be honest, I mean, Mm -hmm. you need resources to do that. I've known a handful of people that have been able to pull that off. So um, that's what it requires. On the individual too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many um, unknowns. There is no rule. Mm-hmm. I think what it takes is a, is an incredible interest in, I really want to be here. What are you willing to give up to do that? It's a full-time job, isn't it? It is a full-time job. Yes, it is. Plus. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything that we haven't asked you that's paramount that you must share with listeners? 
I think you've done a terrific job. I think the thing that I know people often start off with is it's a memory problem. And what I'd say is, oh, that's such a tiny piece of the puzzle to what's really going on when someone's starting to have a changing brain. Um, That if we could get ourselves to take a step back and go, it's a brain change problem. And if I'm going to help figure this out. I got to figure out what they keep as well as what they lose and how I can use what they have and how I can connect with what is rather than grieve what is lost when I'm with the person and then give myself permission to be sad about what I don't have anymore when I'm not in the presence of the person I'm supporting. So, so true. And um, that's why I love the title of your book, Understanding the Changing Brain, A Positive Approach to Dementia Care. Uh, So awesome. And uh, just so value the wisdom, the gems that you bring to the world, the work that you're doing to make this journey so much easier uh, for the world at large. Thank you so much. And we certainly don't want the show to end without knowing how you age gratefully. Oh, (laughs) you know what? I live a service model life because it's by serving that I find joy in living. And so finding places and spaces where I can help and find myself grateful for the opportunity, that's what gives me joy and it makes for great aging. Oh, so awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. It has truly uh, been such a pleasure and a gift to have you with us today. Thank you so, so much. Oh, it was absolutely a joy to be with you and listen to you and learn from you too, Holly. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been our pleasure as well. You've been listening to Aging Gratefully, and I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed our message, I invite you to subscribe and share it with others. May you remember to never act your age and that age is just a number. And may you enjoy and embrace the coming week in the spirit of gratitude. Until we meet again, here's to living your best life now. I used to think time was my enemy My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day finally made a friend of time now you could say that i'm aging gratefully with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.